Okay, we're going to continue on our topic of making oaths and promises. So in our previous recording, we mentioned that uh, you should not make oaths or promises. And the Shulchan Aruch um, in Orachayim writes that even if you're swearing on something truthful, you should not do so. We even quoted that there's a, the, the, the Shulchan Aruch there says that a city in times of Yana, a thousand cities were destroyed because the people of those times would swear uh, truth, like they would say, I'm going to do something, and they would swear to do it, even though they would fulfill their promise, but it was, it's not something that's proper to do. And we left off with some un, you know, questions that we were going to discuss today. Um, so firstly, we'll go to uh, the topic of today is, do we make oaths today uh, in the context of a basin? And then the other question would be, is there ever oath, let's say a person, they were dragged into a secular court and they need to testify um, and they want them to swear under oath, what do you do? Okay, so we'll start uh, firstly with the Rambam. The Rambam Hilchashvut chapter 11, Halacha Yud Gimel says that, uh, he says as follows, there's what's called a biblical oath and there's a rabbinical oath. The Shvut Hesit means a rabbinical oath. And a uh, biblical oath is something where um, it's called either Shvota Dayanim, Dayanim, the oath that's ushered by the, by the judges or so. And it says, the Rambam writes, the only difference between these two types of oaths is that you hold a holy object when you make a biblical oath. A Nikitas Chefetz, it's called. Because Ein Nishba Shvot Hesed Sefer Torah. It says, if you're making rabbinical oath, you don't hold a, a Sefer Torah or the like. You just swear, you just say, I swear, or, or the like. Um, now, the whole idea of holding an, uh, a holy object by swearing, we find in the Torah. It says it by Avraham Avinu, where he went and he tells uh, Eliezer, he says, Simna yadcha tachas right? It's in chapter 24, Bereshis, Sefer Bereshis. Uh, place your hand on my thigh and I, um, and I, will, make, I will make you swear. So we see that in the, you know, so the holy object of those times, they didn't have a Sefer Torah. But today, though, we obviously swear with a Sefer Torah. Okay, so now, when I say today, I mean to say after the times of when they had a Sefer Torah, they would swear on a Sefer Torah or the like. However, to remind, as we said, swearing with a Sefer Torah is a very serious issue. In fact, they would take it out and they would usually have a, a whole introduction before they took the Torah out and say how severe the idea of uh, oaths are and how uh, Shem's punishments are unforgiven when it comes to swearing falsely. Lo yinake, it says in the Ten Commandments, it's a very serious issue. Immediately, the Ravid comments on the Rambam. He says, I heard that kanis ga'onim she'en mashbiyan achshav. He says, I hear that the ga'onim, Gonim are the post-Talmudic era. They don't make you swear nowadays. Not with Hashem's name and not with the kino of Hashem's name, like oh, the merciful one. So we don't do that, says the Ravid. Why? He says, Because we don't want that the world should be destroyed by sinners who will take oaths uh, lightly and swear falsely or not be so scrupulous on how uh, remembering the details when they swear and, and maybe swear falsely. Uh, so the Ravid then says, instead, what we do today is we put cherem on someone, we put like uh, ostracism, we will put a ban on someone, we'll say, you know, if you are not telling the truth, we want to put a ban on you, that you uh, are, are withholding the truth or lying, but they don't want to actually make someone swear. 
Now the Kesef Mishnah, the Kesef Mishnah was written by the Mechaber, the, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, but this is a commentary on the Rambam. He says that the truth is, is if you look at the Ribet's comment, um, it could be very well that the Rambam is not necessarily arguing. The Rambam is not necessarily saying that, yes, we should swear, just, uh, he's not necessarily saying that, it's just that the Rambam is bringing the wording of the Gemara, and it could be uh, that he, maybe, maybe or not, he, he, he knew of the Tkana of the Gaonim, but bottom line, the, the enactment of the Gonim that we shouldn't swear in, in today's society anymore, but at least the Rukes of Mishnah, according to him, when he says it's not absolute that the Rambam will argue on the custom, meaning if the custom later at some point was established not to make oaths, it could be that the Rambam won't say, one can say, well, I'll rely on the Rambam to make an oath. It's just that the Rambam was just quoting the Gemara, but if there is indeed a custom nowadays, and indeed there is, of not making oaths, it could be that then no one would argue on that, that established custom today. And therefore, obviously, it wouldn't be good to swear. It would be something we don't do. The Shulchan Aruch brings down that, um, that the, as we said, you know, the Rambam's opinion, that uh, when it's a Shavuos Hesis, you just make a rabbinical oath, you, um, you don't hold a Sefer Torah, right? And he also says... Um, it's possible that you could have a Shem's name by Shua Hesis. Um, but as the Shulchan Aruch then concludes, the, the rabbis don't agree with him and they hold that a Shua Hesis is not using a Shem's name and we don't use a Kino. So, the, so many will say that you, even by Shua Hesis, a rabbinical oath, you don't say a Shem's name. And then afterwards in Sif Yudtes in um, chapter 87, Halach eleven, Sif Yutes in the Shulchan Aruch, he says Yeshamrim in these later generations, the whole concept of a Shvuah is nullified. We don't, we know that we're just not doing it because on Shogodel, the punishment is so great, and therefore uh, Shulchan Aruch says, oh, we'll we'll instead make a Shvuah of just a curse. We'll say we curse upon you that if you are not telling the truth. Now um, the Shach, famous commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, um, on this chapter 44, he wants to say the minig is not to do biblical oaths today, but uh, it could be that we do rabbinical oaths. That's what he wants to say. Okay, so now with everything said and done, there are differing opinions on this matter. And um, obviously we understand that taking oaths is very severe and uh, in fact, I've, some based ins, I understand they'll sometimes even uh, try to bring in a lie detector. Not that they can establish absolute truth based on a lie detector, but you know, again, if we can come to steer in a direction where we have clarity and we don't need to come to oaths, we try to avoid it. And anyways, if you know most uh, based ins today, the goal is always Basically, all based in the goal is to try to make a peaceful resolution, if possible, or an agreement that both sides agree to. Therefore, a compromise or a pshara, so they'll offer both sides the option of you know a settlement that they could possibly both agree upon. And only if the sides are refused to to settle, then they have to go dig more into evidence and the like. But generally, by and large, we try to avoid taking oaths for the reasons that were mentioned before. However, with that said, there are some poskim that write that indeed we would, under certain circumstances, not absolutely uh, call out the absolute possibility of, of, of ruling out taking an oath in some way or form, how exactly it would be done. That's on the discretion of the Dayanim, but by and large, it's, it's rarely ever done. 
And if done, it's done under the auspices of great Talmudic Chacham who know when and how to apply it. In the words of the Archa Shulchan in chapter 87, at the end of 18, uh, Sif 18, he wants to say that, uh, you know, whether or not the minhag is, if we even can do Shavuot or not, he says that uh, there is a strength that we give the judges to do according to what they see fit, but they have to, of course, you know, it has to, you know, they have to go by their intuition and, uh, and, and have their hearts towards heaven. And I'll just uh, say two more points that we do find um, sometimes where we do definitely make shvot, that's by a, by a get, if a, uh, a bill of Jewish divorce. So if a husband is sending a get um, through a messenger, through a based in, they're going to send a shaliach to send the get to the wife. So there is the concern that maybe the husband could chas shalom after he has the get sent on a shlichus, um, you know, take a few days till it gets to the wife. So she's not divorced until she receives the get. Maybe he'll go in front of some group of people and say, I'm nullifying the get, I don't want it to count. So that actually would work. So in order for we, us to be, not to have those concerns, maybe the get will be invalid and she'll think she's divorced and she's not. Uh, they make the base and makes the person swear. And this is done even today's day. Chapter 154 in Evanazer, say there it says when you send a get by the hands of a shliach, they should make him swear, a Torah, that he's not going to nullify the get or try to harm it in any way or form. There is a question if the person is totally not observant and doesn't respect Torah, and that husband was sending a get, what do we do? Could we really rely on his oath? That is, the, that is a discussion in the poskim, and that is a, a whole discussion what is, needs to be done when they're not trusting the, the husband that he would, even if he would make an oath, they don't really trust him, so that's a, that's a, a discussion in the poskim what to do. And I'll conclude with the case with, uh, if you were summoned to a court, so again, obviously we understand Two Jewish people need to keep their claims in Jewish betin and not go to secular court. It's an iser, it's a severe iser, it's learned on Parsis Mishpatim and many other places. Eila Mishpatim, Shertasim Lifneim. These are the laws you shall place in front of them, in front of the basin, not from the non Jews. But nonetheless, if you were summoned to testify, maybe for you were testifying on behalf of non Jews, you know, it's not, or, or whatever, you're there and you need to come. So you should not swear, not on a Bible or this or that, not on a chumash or the, none of that. Rather, you should make an affirmation. You'll, you'll just have to say, I affirm what I'm saying is true. And that is protected in the framework of the Constitution. You don't have to swear on a chumash and nor should you. It's not a, not a good thing. We should avoid it. Okay, that is it for for the topic of swearing in a based in, and then just to I just to I leave it open is that there is a whole framework of halacha when if let's say a person does need to take an oath and he and we're not going to let them take the oath I guess because we're afraid of them you know because as we said the custom is generally to avoid oaths there is a whole framework in halacha by the poskim as to how we make compromise uh, amounts if let's say it's a biblical oath and we're not able to allow a biblical oath, how much do they need to compromise upon if we can't come to any further evidence, if it's a rabbinical oath, if it's the person who's the plaintiff who needs to take the oath, or if it's the defendant that needs to take, and there's a whole framework of, of uh, compromise rules and, and how much we deduct if on the off of the, of the claim or how much, we, et cetera. And that's again above the uh, framework of what we're talking in this recording. Okay, thank you very much.